All right, welcome into what is this episode five of Without a Mic, featuring Roger and Spencer yet again. Um, this is going to be an episode sort of recapping 2021 and film, uh, TV, movies, uh, things that sort of we just feel like talking about um, that have impacted us or been a highlight for us this year. Yeah, and Roger's across the country. Roger moved to Florida. So now, you know, we're doing a little bit of a distance podcast, which is great. But, you know, there's nothing better than to talk about film over the course of an entire year. And I don't even know where we would start, to be honest. I, I put down a ton of top five lists, top five disappointing lists, um, top five, you know, like Roger was saying, TV series. So we have a lot to kind of dive into. And once again, these are just our own opinions. But these mm -hmm. are, you know, opinions from two film lovers. So, you know, take it as you will. Um, but I, I, to be honest, man, I'm going to start by saying a bold statement. I think this was the biggest year for film that I've seen in a long time. Um, and I do think that 2020 was a huge impact for that because if there was no, you know, closures to sets and movie theaters and production, I don't think we would have felt that impact of 2021 with all these movies flooding the screen. But because of 2020, I do think that this year became the biggest year for film because there were so many options that came at us at once. And we were used to maybe one good film every two months. You know, now it's one good film every week that we have to catch up to. So I think that's kind of the, the start for me. And that's my own personal opinion. I think it's the biggest year for film. I would agree. I think uh, that was actually a thought that I had as well. Um, and also for TV shows, I think that this year uh, was also a fantastic, massive year for TV shows. Um, and I think I, I find myself still, I need to catch up on stuff. Like usually, uh, kind of like Spencer said, you know, you you get through something and then the next thing is like a couple weeks away um, and you have sort of time to get to it. And I definitely felt the pressure to get through a lot of things. There's a lot of stuff I still haven't seen, but I think that that's the mark of a good year when you feel like, oh, I'm constantly behind. I constantly need to go finish this series or watch this movie. Um, I, I definitely think Spencer's seen a lot more movies uh, that I would want to see or would potentially rank in my top movies of this year uh, than I have. But um, I've definitely watched a lot more TV shows this year than movies. So I guess we have a little bit of a balance there. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I was going to say, which one do you want to start with, man? I mean, I would say start with TV shows. I mean, I'm actually intrigued because I, like Roger said, I'm, unfortunately I haven't been able to dive into TV as much as I'd like to. I do, I do have my series that I kind of hold on tight, you know, and I watch for when they're coming out, like Stranger Things is coming out this summer. And so I'm mm -hmm. excited for that. Peaky Blinders is coming out in the spring. So I'm excited for that. But like, apart from those like one-offs, like Ozark, you know, is coming out this month. Um, like I'm excited for those, but it's hard for me to dive into a new series because that's a big investment. So I'm intrigued to know what like your top five TV shows are that came out in 2021. So probably my, arguably my top one is Cobra Kai, which is actually came out on January 1st of season three and Jan and season four came out today. So it actually had two seasons released in one calendar year. Um, wow. And so I was actually able to watch, um, Netflix had this event where they sent out on Facebook, just an event where you could join and request an access code. So I actually got to watch a pre-screening premiere of episode one uh, earlier this week. Uh, and then there was like a live Q&A with the cast. And for those of you who don't know, Cobra Kai is a sort of revival of the original Karate Kid movies um, and sort of takes it into the modern day where now um, the kids that were in the Karate Kid movies, Daniel LaRusso, Johnny Lawrence, they're now the adults here mentoring other kids. Um, and it's a fantastic show. And uh, it originally started on YouTube and was picked up by Netflix. And now season four just came out today. So if you're looking for something to get into, that's definitely a great option. It's on Netflix. Um, I've seen the first episode of season four. I haven't seen anything else. But from what I've heard from the cast and things like that, this is the biggest, best season so far. Um, so highly recommend that. Um, I have to give a shout out to Marvel too for the shows they did this year. 
Um, particularly yeah. WandaVision and Loki, I think were the two big ones. Um, WandaVision, I know a lot of people thought that, that there were some weird parts of it. It was kind of slow, but I really loved sort of the expression that happened in that show. The, you know, every episode was one of the nine stages of grief. Like that's what it embodied. And it was really more than just a superhero show. It was more about dealing with grief and loss and, and some of those emotions. Um, so I thought that was a really beautiful expression of, of that um, and done in a very artistic way. Uh, Loki was just fantastic. I think I don't know of anyone who didn't like Loki, uh, but that one just explored so many different things. Uh, very unique, very original. Um, and then uh, let's see. I know we'll probably talk about Dune in a little bit, but I think not that it was a in my opinion, a great show, but there's a show called Shadow and Bone that came out on Netflix, and then you have Dune that came out on uh, on film. And I think, I mentioned this in our previous podcast, but I think it's just really exciting for these books, these epic books that have been written to be put into film or TV, whatever it is, to expose a larger audience to that, because there's so many great yeah. stories in in books and writing that haven't been read by people. But when it gets put into film or on TV, you know, people watch it and they love it now. So um, I didn't necessarily think Shadow and Bone was one of the best shows made this year. I feel like Dune was one of the best movies. But um, either way, I just think it's exciting for for sort of the fantasy and sci-fi worlds that are have so much in writing to be able to put that on the big screen and, and for people to enjoy it. Well, I think, I, I think we're seeing a trend, right? So back in the early 2000s, you had the Lord of the Rings and you had the Harry mm -hmm. Potter series. And those, those stemmed from, you know, popular book series. And then we kind of went away from that, it felt like. I felt like the ideas were becoming more from the, the screenwriter, you know, from the director themselves. And now it's kind of right. turning back to two things. I see books playing a major role and then I see like Broadway shows playing a major mm -hmm. role in coming into film. You know, you had Hamilton, you had Tick, Tick, Boom. You had uh, in, in the, uh, what's it called? In the Heights, um, so mm -hmm. that movie. So th there's a bunch of these movies that are coming out, like you said, with Dune, um, you know, with the show that you're talking about. And then with these musicals where you're kind of embodying these old stories that are now bringing, you know, they're being brought to life. So I find that a little interesting. I don't think these shows were from 2021, but these are shows that I watched in 2021 that left like a major, major, like sparked me where I was like, whoa, this was really good. One of them was definitely WandaVision. WandaVision, yep. it, has a, it has an originality with it. And, and I really like that about WandaVision. Like you said, when, you, when I went into watching it, I was like, okay, I'm gonna be watching this superhero TV show. And as you're watching it, you're getting a story. And that's what I would want most in any TV or movie or anything that I'm listening or being involved with. I want a story behind it. And WandaVision was so unpredictable that it, it allowed me to invest myself. And so I really liked that aspect of it. And then uh, another show was Euphoria. And I do think Euphoria came out in 2020, but I watched it this last year and it's on HBO Max. Um, many people- The one with Zendaya? Kind of, yes. So okay. many, many people who downplay Zendaya, I always tell them, watch Euphoria and then let me know what your thoughts are about Zendaya because she's absolutely phen phenomenal. You know, I thought she did great in Greatest Showman. I thought she's done great in Spider-Man. I thought she did great with her 10 minutes in Dune. You know, sorry, <laughs> spoiler alert. Um, but really Euphoria, you know, you get the, the expression of emotion so, so much more than you've ever seen from her. And, and I appreciated that. So in regards to TV and very limited amount that I've, you know, invested in, those were two that really stuck out to me. One other TV show that um, from the people who've seen it have loved it um, is it's called Arcane and it's actually on Netflix and it's a show based on the League of Legends video game series, but it's based in that world, but it's like, I've been watching it and I've never played the game. So it's not something where you have to like play the game to understand it. It's just sort of set in that world. Yeah. 
but really fantastic animation and storyline. So um, that one came out, I think, a month or two ago. So it's a little bit newer, but um, season one came out. It got fantastic, fantastic reviews, and, and I can attest to that. It's really good. Um, but that's just, that's like so a video you, game coming in and, and getting a Would you say TV that there's show. a, is there a streaming platform that you feel pretty safe with TV show wise? Like that you're like, all right, I'm probably going to run into something good 90% of the time. Cause that's where I struggle. I'm like, Hey, Netflix is overloading with content. Mm -hmm. Amazon. I don't even know. HBO max is like, oh, we're bringing in Warner brother movies. So I don't know where to go for TV. And so do you kind of have a safe spot? Um, I think if you're looking for value, uh, Netflix is probably the best one, I think. Um, as far as TV shows go, I mean, eventually Netflix is going to have Peaky Blinders, Stranger Things, they have Cobra Kai, um, they just got season two of The Witcher, if you're into that. Um, they have Arcane by League of Legends, um, they have Ozark, um, and I'm, I know there's other things, but I'm, you know, there's so many I can't keep track. So if you really, they have Daredevil, right? Um, a lot of people are going to be watching that now. So um, I think Netflix is probably your best bang for your buck. Um, obviously, if you love Marvel and Disney, then Disney Plus is going to have all the, the original Marvel series. And uh, Book of Boba Fett just started this week. Uh, mm -hmm. The Mandalorian, you know. Uh, Which so is all great, those, by the way. Yes, both of those are fantastic. Uh, the new Book of Boba Fett episode one is great. Um, so I think Disney, definitely, if you're in the Disney ecosystem and you love their stories, obviously, they're a great choice. Um, I haven't seen too much of Hulu's original stuff, so I can't really attest to that. Um, Amazon Prime has Invincible, uh, The Boys. Um, so they've got some stuff, too. Um, I'd say definitely Amazon Prime has the most edgy stuff. So if you're looking for, like, dark, gritty violence, like, that's that's Amazon's brand for okay. sure. Um, they're obviously going to have that Lord of the Rings show coming up next year. That's right. Um, That's right. So, I, yeah, I'd say like extreme violence, like, you know, action, stuff like that. It's definitely Amazon. Uh, Disney's obviously on the other side where it's going to be you know clean for the whole family type thing. And I think Netflix falls somewhere in the middle. Some stuff is going to lean more on the edgy side. Some stuff will probably lean more on the family side. Um, but those well, are probably so the big three. You're you're a big Marvel fan, and I gotta ask mm -hmm. and, and be honest with me because this is kind of how I'm feeling. A little bit with the movies, but more with the TV shows. I personally feel like it's becoming saturated. They're they're doing so much in so little time. Whereas before, we used to get a movie, maybe two movies a year out of Marvel, and so mm -hmm. we'd have time to invest and reflect and kind of digest this story that we just watched. And now. I mean, there's there's WandaVision, there's Loki, there's the Winter Soldier, there's, you know, all these different shows what if? coming out. <laughs> yeah, What If, yeah, exactly. Uh, Hawkeye just came out. So you yep. have all these shows and I just feel like they're pushing so much on you while simultaneously providing four or five, maybe six films a year. And so I think that's a little saturated. It's kind of hard for me to invest myself, but how do you feel? Because you're a big Marvel guy. Um, I think, I think there's definitely a demand and they're meeting that and they're supplying content for that demand. Uh, like the, I, I'm, and as a disclaimer, I haven't read a lot of Marvel comics, but the Marvel comic world is, is massive. So I think it is cool that they're trying to put out a lot of content to create storylines. And I think this has never been done before, right? You know, Star Wars is maybe the next closest thing that they're trying to like tie in and create all these storylines. But Marvel is sort of setting a new trend, I think, where you're creating a cinematic universe where all these things interconnect and there's, you know, Easter eggs and hidden storylines and, and crossover and all that stuff. Um, so I think, I think that it is ambitious. And I think I think like you, like you alluded to, it can be a little bit overwhelming to feel like you need to keep up to date on all of it to, to be able to see the next thing. So um, I think there's good and bad to it. You know, I think, I think overall, okay. most people are probably pretty happy with it. Um, but I do think it, it can be overwhelming. Like I'm trying to get through Hawkeye right now. Um, I need to finish that. I, I started the second season of The Witcher right now. Um, I, I still haven't seen The Eternals. Um, 
So I am Same. a little bit behind actually. Um, granted, I just had a baby and moved across the country. So uh, <laughs> I've been a little bit busy, but I did make- Give yourself some slack, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, on that um, note, dude, let's let's kind of transition into movies. Um, yeah. I, I personally, I, I did make a top five movies um, list for 2021. And I made a top five movies that I need to watch from 2021 that might actually enter that list. Mm-hmm. So I'll start, I'll start from five, then I'll go to one. Okay. So to my top five um, movies of the year. So five is Tick, Tick, Boom on Netflix. Um, Andrew Garfield's, it's based on a, you know, a, a true story. It's actually Lynn, what's his name? Uh, Lynn Miranda, what's his name? Lynn Manuel Miranda. 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 Yeah. yeah, it's his first, it's his first, uh, it's his directorial debut. So it's his okay. first movie that he's ever directed. He was involved with uh, In the Heights, which I thought was a little disappointing, but Tick, Tick, Boom. I mean, Andrew Garfield spent an entire year training his voice to sing in this film. And he's absolutely phenomenal. I think he'll get nominated for an Oscar and I hope he does. Um, and it was a Netflix film. So that actually impressed me. You know, I, was, I, I don't always hold the highest standards for Netflix films. Not that I don't want to, but it just tends to be that way. And so that's number five. Uh, number four is The Last Duel, which once again is a movie that technically, quote unquote, you know, it flopped in the box office, but mm-hmm. it's such an authentic film. You know, Ridley Scott with Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Adam Driver. Um, I'm literally blanking on her name, but she is so great. She's from Free Guy, the main female from Free Guy. She's also the main female in this story. Um and she's actually, it's funny, I forgot her name, but she's the reason why I think it's so great. I think she's top of the line for uh, an Oscar nomination because she was so great. The emotion was so great. It was very dark and gritty and authentic. And that's kind of the what I look for. I look for authenticity within films. Um, this one might surprise Jody people. Jodie Comer. Uh, number three. <laughs> Jodie Comer. Jodie Comer. Yes, she is. she's great. And I think she's going to have a very, very lucrative career in Hollywood. Um, this is probably going to be a little uh, controversial, but number three is the Suicide Squad. That's, I think it's, um, exceptionally original. Uh, when you, it's funny because when I tell people this, they're like, oh, it's probably just like the old one. I'm like, how do I explain that? It's not only a different story, but like, it's so different in the way it's filmed. Um, and this is what happens when you bring on, you know, the Guardians of the Galaxy team and you say, hey, make a rated R version of Suicide Squad and don't hold back. Just do do mm-hmm. anything you absolutely want, and I thought they did great. It has the it has the taste of Deadpool in it, um, with the with the humor and kind of breaking the fourth barrier from time to time. It just it feels really great, and I I like it. It was very um, refreshing to say the least. Um, and then number two, and once again, these are also going off of. So I do I do reviews, and, and these are also going off of what I've rated those movies on the reviews. So number two is Dune. Um, I mean, Dune, it's it's funny. I talk to people and they're like, it's the most boring film of the year. I'm like, you don't know, <laughs> you don't know film then because it's it's phenomenal. Um, I don't don't get me wrong, it's a two, it's a two-part series, potentially three, four, five, but there was so much to unpack. And it's either A, you you get somebody who squeezes everything in a three-hour film, and now it's gonna be like a five out of 10, 50% of rotten tomatoes or you get somebody to say, hey, let's create a story out of this. And now in my mind, it's, it's almost a 90%, you know, out of a hundred on Rotten Tomatoes and whatnot, because Timothy Chalamet, I mean, all the actors and actresses did great. The cinematography and the sound is really what caught me. So, and we've, yeah. we've talked about Doom before. So, and right. then number one, and I, I made sure to watch this film twice because A, we live in an era of nostalgia. So we, we rate a lot of our, our feelings off of the emotions we have when we watch films. So I made sure to watch this one simply for cinematic experience. And then I watched it again to analyze the film. And both times were so gratifying and so satisfying. And so number one is Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, it just, yeah. it, it met every expectation I had. Um, Tom Holland, express the most emotion he's ever had in any film. Um, I don't know if we're going to do spoilers or not, but I'll just, I'll refrain regardless. But Willem Dafoe, that top two, I would say, top two villain performance I've ever seen in my life. Um, honestly, 
right up there with Heath Ledger from the Joker. Yep. He's right behind him. And I just, I didn't think he could get better, you know, being 19 years after his first performance in Spider-Man. And he just absolutely killed it. He was so scary. He, you know, you actually feared him and it was phenomenal. So before I go into my, my top movies that I need to watch, I do want to hear yours, but for mine, just to go through it again, Tick, Tick, Boom, The Last Duel, Suicide Squad, Dune, and then Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah, my top two are the same as yours. Um, I Spider-Man No Way Home was my, my top one for all the reasons you said. And uh, I think, uh, and Dune, same reasons. We, we talked about Dune in our previous episode. So if you guys want to hear more about our thoughts on Dune, check out our previous episode where we talk fully in depth on that. And we'll probably do a Spider-Man one here pretty soon with spoilers. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, I, I was looking up yesterday or a couple of days ago, the just sort of the movies that came out this year. And, and it surprised me how many came out this year that were good, like that were really good. And mm-hmm. uh, you, you mentioned this too, but you know, I feel like most years when, when I go to the movies and the year's over and I'm kind of reflecting on how it went, it's pretty easy to pick out your top five. You're like, okay, this is one for sure, two, three. And then like, once you get to about four, you're like, well, there's like four or five movies that could be my four or five. I guess these ones, but this one it was it was tough. Um, there's so many movies I want to see still. Um, a couple that that you didn't mention: uh, Quiet Place Two, fantastic movie, great movie, um, great movie. That came out earlier this year, so I sort of forgot about it. But um, that one was really good. Um, but I I'd say like for me that if I just clear my mind and think most impactful movies this year it has to come down to dune and spider-man like i yep. think there's a lot of other great movies that came out but that level of excellence i think only those two just sort of break through the fog and come through for me as just fantastic impactful movies um yes and i think i mean you mentioned this earlier but free guy another great movie uh you know i think a lot of people enjoyed Red Notice on Netflix. That's another Netflix movie, but you know it's got The Rock, Ryan Reynolds, and and Gal Gadot. So, you know, they just they're not that these movies are you know going to win an Oscar or anything, but just like so much comedy, so much emotion, drama, things like that. Um, French Dispatch, you know. Um, oh, there's don't get me started <laughs> on French Dispatch. That was a phenomenal movie. A phenomenal movie. Yeah, we're just we're just shooting names out, but all to be in anyone's top five you know, so <laughs> well so dune dune and spider-man kind of stay up at the top right yeah yeah I think, so I, I think there's I a do, definite distance between those and the next movie for me you know yes so i i want to mention these five because a i've you know just because i'm so engulfed with with film i hear about these quite a bit and it's like performances individual performances but also the movie itself people keep talking about and so the fifth one is called Spencer with Kristen Stewart um apparently she either I think she portrays the Queen of England I'm not entirely sure but apparently her performance separates her from all her past performances like it it is now it's now allowed her to show a potential to actually grow in Hollywood the way that she's designed to you know people have that that view of her and Robert Pattinson like oh they're just they're just you know in um, Twilight, you know, they're not, they're nothing more. And we saw Robert Pattinson separate himself. And now I think we're starting to see Christian Stewart. Um, the fourth one is power of the dog with Benedict Cumberbatch. Apparently this yeah. was one of his best performances he's ever had. And I really want to see it. I've heard great things. Um, number three, surprisingly, I haven't seen this house of Gucci. Um, I, oh, I need to yeah. see, you know, Lady Gaga, Adam Driver, yeah. I need to see them in their roles, you know, Jared Leto. And I've been wanting to see it. That's the funny part, especially because it's another Ridley Scott film. And I love yep. The Last Duel. So I, I assume I'm going to love this one. Uh, number two, Nightmare Alley with Bradley Cooper um, and Willem Dafoe and Kate Blanchett. Right. Um, and <laughs> what a cat. If, you, if you have watched any of our, even if you haven't, you know, listened to any of our podcasts, our favorite movie or at least top two for both of us is the prestige and this movie was related to that that film and so that obviously piques my interest quite a bit um and then number one is licorice pizza 
Um, that's the, hmm. the number one movie that I need to see. Apparently it's been exceptional on a wide range and it's, it's a, it's kind of an independent film. It's a, it's a Paul Thomas Anderson. So he's more okay. like kind of that authentic, unique, independent feel to his, to his films. Um, I don't know if you've seen Juno or yeah. uh, Beautiful Boy. Mm -hmm. It has the same type of energy. And so I, I do want to see it. So those are my top five movies that I want to see. Because I actually think House of Gucci, Nightmare Alley, uh, maybe not Nightmare Alley, I don't know, but Licorice Pizza, those, those have the potential to move into the top five, depending on, you know, what I think. So I didn't know if you had any films where you're like, oh my, I'm dying to see this and I haven't seen it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, House of Gucci was one. Um, actually, one, probably my most, the highest one on my list would be The Gambler with Oscar Isaac. Um, oh, yes. That's right. Well, and you're a magician, so that, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. That one had a special appeal for me, but I, Oscar Isaac's a fantastic actor. Um, so the um yeah those those two and i do need to see most of the ones you've listed on your top your top five uh last duel um i, I need to see and i need to see so much i feel like so many came out this past couple months and that's when i've been busy so i'm i saw some of the earlier movies this year but these past couple months i haven't been able to get to the movies as much as i'd like well, and, and this is a thing, this is what we talked about, right? Where you used to have one good movie a month coming to the theaters and you could plan your entire date nights or your free nights around this throughout the month. And now right. there are two good films coming to the theaters every week. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how do I, how do I stay up to date? And simultaneously, there's movies coming out on Netflix. There's movies coming out on different platforms that you, you know, you're not seeing. And so you, you have to balance this like, oh, I got to go to the theater, but I also have to watch Netflix and I also have to work. I also have to take care of my family. I also, you know, there's so many things that get involved that you don't really have the time to say, I'm going to watch all these films and take the time to genuinely enjoy them. So it is tough. That's, you know, it's a hard feat. Yeah. And I, I guess since, since we've sort of covered, you know, some, some of the stuff that we've we've loved our top our top movies shows things like that I guess to sort of look back what do you think um we both have sort of said we feel like this was a great year for movies what what is it you think that obviously COVID delayed some things that got pushed into this year but what about the content that we've been provided do you think makes it so much better this year is it recency bias or do you think you know there's things that have changed mm. or improved in the industry that have actually made movies and, and TV shows more enjoyable? I see a couple, so that's, first of all, that's a really good question. And I didn't know you were gonna ask that question, so that's great. Um, <laughs> there's, I think a couple things that stand out to me is A, with the time. So a lot of these films that came out were being filmed before or right at the start of COVID. And so mm -hmm. with with the delay of COVID, there was also this, this pushback of timing which allowed mm -hmm. the team, the production team to say, hey, we need to reshoot here. We need to extend here. And they, they really had time to spend. Whereas before you have a slot as a film, like, hey, I'm coming, my film's coming out on June 20th, 2022. And you have to get it done like six months prior, you know, for the editing yeah. process. And it's, it's kind of straining. Whereas, you know, let's take Spider-Man No Way Home, for example, they did a reshoot the week before it came out. I don't know if you knew that. So no, there's <laughs> there's a scene, and this this actually won't this won't spoil anything. There's a scene with Peter Parker and Happy at the end of the movie, mm. and apparently that scene was was filmed like a week or two weeks before the film got released. And and I I'm just like thinking to myself, they would have never done that before, in my opinion. No, because they wouldn't have felt empowered to do it. They would have felt stressed. But I just feel like with this energy that we have from 2020, they said, you know what, we're gonna do it. And so I felt like that was a, a major, you know, something that stood out to me quite a bit. Um, I'm trying to think of, you know, 2021 and kind of how it separates itself. I know I had another point. If you do have something, please mention it. I'm, I'm trying to think of this one major point that I was thinking of. I, I think, first of all, fantastic point and something that I totally forgot about, but <clears throat> yeah, just the ability they had to to sit on what they'd already made and, and go back through it and refine it uh, really, you know, showed, I think, 
especially like that that one scene wasn't a, a make it or break it for the movie being great with Peter Parker and Happy, but it was definitely a meaningful scene that added more emotion um, to it. And I think I think that's for me what it what it felt like. I don't know if it's just because I'm maturing as a person. Um, obviously, we've all gone through COVID and had had experiences, and I've had personal experiences in my life that have made me sort of appreciate um, like the human connection and the human element to life more. And I think I think these films that have come out lately, I think there's been obviously Marvel is very action centric, but I think more so I think filmmakers and 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 movie producers are are putting more and directors are putting more. I guess, realistic stuff in there. I, I, for lack of a better word, like I feel like, you know, Spider-Man yes. No Way Home, super relatable, like Dune had a lot of relatable moments. Like um, some of these Marvel TV shows, WandaVision, you know, if you've experienced loss or, or grief, like that was the entire show, you know? And I think, you know, their Marvel movies, for example, you know, a lot of them have been about the action and they've got the character development or the, the personal struggle is sort of the back seat. And I think a lot of these movies and stuff this year, that's been reversed. Like there is action, but it's yeah. not at the at the expense of what's really important, honestly, is, is the development and the and the progression of this person as a person and their characters and their struggles and their flaws. Um and so I think like Spider-Man's a perfect example. Like you go there and you see action and you appreciate it, but there's something bigger happening there. Um, same thing with WandaVision, same thing with Loki even. Um, and so I, I think that's, that's probably the, for me, what's, what I have perceived is changing a lot more is just the, the diving into uncomfortable and, and messy and painful, honestly, topics and subjects has benefited me more because I feel like these characters and these stories come to life more and they're more real. Um, instead of just going and watching a bunch of action that, oh yeah, he realized he was better than the bad guy by the end, like tactile. Yeah. Did you remember so your point? One thing that I was thinking about, <laughs> as you mentioned, Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. Yes, and I did remember my point, so I'll also get back to that. But, you know, think about 2002, Sam Raimi, Spider-Man. They made that film all based off of just like, we want this comic book character to come to life. Mm -hmm. And then you think of Spider-Man No Way Home in 2021, and they made this comic book character so relatable. They, they, they almost didn't care. I mean, they do care about the comics, but they care way more about you relating to him as a, as a human being. And so to your point, there's this huge factor of, of human you know, connection. They're like, okay, if you come to this film, we need you as an audience to connect with this character Whereas, you know, 20 years ago, you'd go to the film and they say, we just want you to enjoy what we put together. There wasn't this mm -hmm. like this relatability that they focused on. Um, and the other the other point that I, I was thinking about and I lost it for a second was there's this empowerment with with the industry right now, especially. And I think the main reason was HBO Max and Warner Brothers and their their deal that they had. I think that's changed the entire industry because filmmakers hate the idea of their their films that they put so much time into just being pushed to the streaming platform you know which yep. to my, to, you know my surprise is people continue to do it on netflix and i'm like don't you want your film in theaters like you know i just did a film review on don't look up with leonardo dicaprio and i need to see that one as well to be honest <laughs> i was expecting so much from this film but it gave me exactly what a netflix film would give me you know whereas if i if i go see dune in theaters i'm like all right that's exactly what i was expecting from a, a you know cinematic experience in imax so i think there's this empowerment within the industry where filmmakers directors you know screenwriters they're saying we don't we value our films so much that we're done with putting it on you know streaming christopher nolan has been working with warner brothers his entire career and he's now cut that slate and he's now working with Universal Studios on his new film for 2023. That's a huge change for him. You know, every mm -hmm. film he's had in the last like 20 years has been with Warner Brothers. So there is that empowerment. Like you said, there's a relatability with like with how 
the screenwriting is happening with how the characters are being perceived, regardless if it's an action, if it's sci-fi, if it's fiction, nonfiction, you can relate with these characters. So I think there's a good shift happening in the industry right now. Yeah, and I think that's sort of a testament to sort of what, I think you mentioned this, you mentioned this earlier, but you know, that studios are able to sort of, <clears throat> excuse me, take a step back and reevaluate what they've already shot. And um, I think people have done that too lately, you know, um, like COVID sent everyone home to spend time with their families for a while. You know, they stepped away from work, other responsibilities and, and sure it was stressful, but I think at the same time it allowed them to just take a step back from their busy lives and look at, you know, what am I doing with my life? Where am I at? Like, what makes me happy? What will make me happy? And how can I pursue that? And I think you're seeing that with people, um, which has translated into a lot of industries, but you know, the film industry in particular, like you said, maybe Christopher Nolan took a break and was like, you know, why am I working with Warner Brothers when I could be working with Universal? Like I can I can do more of what I want to do, you know, and I think I think that's something we can all relate to, right? We I think we yeah. can all take a step back and take a look at the work we've done and see, okay, what do I want to add, what do I want to subtract? Um but to your point, well, I think to pull, to pull an equation. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say no, no. real quick to pull that equation as an analogy to real life. Think about your job. You know, mm -hmm. people are so scared to ask for a raise, even though they know they deserve it. And they don't realize that it takes the company more time, more money, more effort to hire somebody new than to give you this dollar, $2, $3 raise, whatever it is. And so mm -hmm. if you ask them, it's actually doing both you and the company a favor rather than the company saying, no, we're not going to give it to you. We're going to pay more. We're going to spend more time and we're going to stress ourselves over finding somebody new when we know you actually do this really well and you do deserve it. We were just waiting for you to bring it up. And so people should feel empowered to say, hey, I deserve more, right? Because at the end of the day, it's doing everybody a favor in the end. And people need to realize that. So I just thought I'd mention that as kind of like a real life analogy to what's happening in film. No, that's, that's a great point. And I think uh, like in film, you know, it's obviously a lot of people, myself included, and I think you two consider movies art, you know, film is an art form. So it's like, yeah, if you, if you can get closer to a pure distillation of your vision and your artistic expression, then, you know, by all means do it and whether that's reevaluating the stuff you have before you release it or trying to find a new studio or you know trying something completely new um i'd say power to you like that's that's sort of where we're at today um and i think if yeah if, from what i can tell you know the, the fans and the people that enjoy movies and things like that they love it you know i think there's been a lot of highly rated films and tv shows this year because People are appreciating that change, that that I guess distillation to more of a true expression. So um, yes, whether it's Marvel or you know something with Tim Timothy Chalamet in it, or you know something on Netflix, like you know people, I think people appreciate that, and there there is a lot more content now. So you, I feel like to be competitive in this this world of content, I think you have to you have to. I, give people something that they can identify with. It's not enough anymore, like you said, to put out yes. the 2000 Spider-Man, 2002 Spider-Man and just be like, come watch this because we think it's cool. You know, Now you have to give people a reason to go watch it because people are looking at reviews and people are asking their friends and if their friend says it sucks, then they're not gonna go see it, you know? So. Thousand percent, yeah. Well, I, I before we, you know, maybe wrap up and whatnot, I did, so I, I wanted to mention these because I think they're intriguing and I want to know your thoughts and I don't know if you put anything down, but I have A, the top, my top five disappointing films of 2021. And then B, I have a couple movies that might be a prediction for best film of 2022. So right, I, I, wanted to, I wanted to list these. So I'll start with the disappointing films because we'll, we'll start with the bad and then we'll go with the good. Um, Sounds good. So number five, in my opinion, oh, first of all, I, I feel like people are going to say, why didn't you mention... Uh, King Richard in your films. So King Richard was great, I will say, with Will Smith, 
that's about the the Williams sisters mm -hmm. um, and and Will Smith did a great job. So I don't want that to be pushed to the side. I thought it was, you know, top 10 film of the year, but I didn't, you know, have it in my top five. So top five disappointing films of 2021. Number five, Black Widow, in my opinion, was disappointing Agreed. to me. Um, <sighs> I was yeah. expecting so much more and I got so much less. And so oh. I, you know, great for them that they had Florence Pugh because she made it somewhat enjoyable, <laughs> but it was, it was disappointing to me. Well, and one note about that movie, I think, <laughs> I, I think they turned it back. Like it felt like one of the early Iron Man sequels where it was just a bunch of action. There was really no character relatability, no real character development. It just was there to be there. You know, the villain was just generic AF. And I, I'm actually a huge Taskmaster fan. That's one of my favorite villains. And oh, that's right was woefully misrepresented and and it, it was just so disappointing um but i think i think that's what it was you know like you compare spider-man with spider-man no way home with that and it's just not even a comparison like night and day difference night and day difference. night and day night and day so that is number five number four is don't look up that film we just talked about with leonardo yeah. DiCaprio. i'm um, bummed about that i'll still see yeah, it i'm bummed so watch it and let me know what you think. It's, so in my opinion, if I were to put it in like one phrase, it's a star-studded cast with an exceptionally fearing story that was just poorly executed. Nah. So I thought it, had, it has an appeal and I think people are still gonna watch it. I mean, any movie with Leonardo DiCaprio, they're gonna watch. Meryl Streep. Um, and he did a great job. <laughs> yeah, Jennifer Lawrence came out of her uh, acting hiatus and she did a great job, but like, the story itself, it just felt like they were trying so many different directions and it didn't live up. Um, number three is West Side Story um, by Steven Spielberg. And I will say, so my disclaimer on this is A, I've never seen the original and B, I hear that he stuck to the original very authentically. So I guess if you are in an, an original West Side Story fan, you'll probably like this film. I thought it was very bland. Um, I thought the singing, especially compared to Tick, Tick, Boom, was mm -hmm. so staged and so like non-expressive, but like the lighting was great. It's a Steven Spielberg, you know, special. His lighting is always great. The colors were great. It had an appeal to like, I don't know, the story was very loose and fun, but it just, uh, it, there was a lot of hype around it. And I just, I felt very underwhelmed. Um, okay. I don't know, have you seen West Side Story yet? I haven't, no. Okay. I haven't seen okay. the original either. Number two. So. Yeah, so let, honestly, watch maybe watch the new one and let me know what you think because then we'd be on the same kind of uh, wavelength. Yeah. Uh, number two is uh, Fast and Furious 9. <laughs> I just, I, I felt like this movie, <laughs> it, you, if you thought a movie couldn't go as crazy as they did, they did it. And it was so just out you want to talk about not relating to, you know, a, just a human aspect of life is Fast 9. I mean, they did so much where you're just like, why? You know, and I love the first two. Um, the first two films, I was like, wow, this, th these are great. Paul Walker's great. Vin Diesel's great. And then they've just gone a whole different direction. So still, it's, it's going to make a lot of money. And it's the series that will never end, even though they say it will. But yeah, I think I'm not a fan of that series. I think it's junk food. It's, it's film junk food and uh, I, I mean a lot of people like that but I, I don't yep I'm with you I'm with you and number one which this one's unfortunate because I look forward to this one Halloween Kills um, I'm a huge Halloween fan and this movie was so disappointing to me uh, they just they went so far off of the story and it just I hope that they redeem it with the with the last one that's coming out this year but it just, it was so bad. And I don't know if you're a Halloween guy, but it was my I'm number not, one most disappointing film of 2021. Wow. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a big, like I enjoy Halloween the holiday, but I'm not a big horror movie person. So, okay. Like the closest I'll get to it is I like, like a quiet place. You know, it's more of a thriller. I guess I like thrillers more, but yeah, I, I heard from you and, and multiple people that it was not good at all. So, 
Um, well, it's it's almost like if you imagine a quiet place with Emily mm-hmm. Blunt. You know, she's she's the main you know protagonist, and right. you know, there's other characters, Killian Murphy and whatnot. It's like they've introduced Emily Blunt in the first five minutes, and then she was never a part of that film for the rest of the movie. And you're like, wait, I came here because I wanted to see her development, you know, as the mm-hmm. protagonist, and now she's not in it. That's that's a very similar, you know, relationship to Halloween Kills is Jamie Lee Curtis is in it for five minutes and then she's not in it. And you're like, wait, she's the whole reason this film works. So what's going on? Mm. So it was, it was interesting, but that was my most disappointing films, 2021. Did you have one film in mind that you're just like, man, this one just definitely underwhelmed me. I mean, Black Widow was up there for me. Um, I definitely feel like that one. I, I didn't, a lot of them, I feel like I've been a lot more picky now. Like I, I didn't want to watch the new Fast and Furious just because I wasn't interested in it. I didn't think there was any possible way for me to enjoy it. So I guess there's been films. That's a good that, business decision. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't know. If if it does if I don't think I'll I don't if I don't think it'll be a good movie minimum, I just won't see it. Um so I yeah. definitely there were movies I didn't see that I that I knew I wouldn't like. That was one of them. Um, but Black Widow, I did see, I was excited about Taskmaster going into that, and it was just a thorough, complete disappointment. Um, I'm trying to think, you know, Shang-Chi, actually, there were things about it that I liked, but that one was also sort of disappointing for me. Like, I think, I think it was a major breakthrough. I was not a fan. Yeah, it, I think, I think they just, I don't know. I just didn't care about the characters. I think that was it at the end. Like I, I, I think Snake Snake Eyes is another one as well. Oh gosh, that, yeah, that one was terrible. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was trying to be what Shang Chi actually was, and <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I had done. I didn't have high hopes for that one, but um, another one that I've heard, I haven't seen it, but I didn't really have an interest in seeing it. Was was old. That was another one. So that, that, I... that movie was intriguing. It was intriguing. It, it it had some very poor acting and very poor dialogue, but the story was very well put together. That's what I've heard. So, yeah, you kind of need to push through the cheesy lines and the terrible chemistry and, and whatnot, but then you kind of appreciate the story of M. Night Shyamalan. So it is an interesting twist between, you know, both sides. Yeah, I just... For me, the main ingredients are a great story, great acting, and like character development. I guess those are like the three ingredients of a good to gr- good or better movie. And if, if I can tell from the trailer or from pre-reviews that one of those elements is just terrible, then I, it's probably going to turn me off to seeing that movie, to be honest. Yes, I, yes. I, I think you have to have some degree of those, all three of those things for the movie to be good. You know, it, it can be a lot more on the character development and a lot less on the story, but, you know, that's okay. You know, it just has to balance out in the end. Um, but I think there were, I think, like we talked about, the bar was raised this year and, and I don't think I went and saw a lot of movies that I just was supremely disappointed in because I, I watched something better instead. You know, it's not like, a, like you said, there's I respect multiple that. great movies coming out that. each week so it's like i you know which great movie do i want to see this weekend instead of well you know i want to go see a movie but what is there i guess i'll go see this yeah it was terrible like i think that's the difference for me at least this year i i don't feel like i wasted a lot of my time watching movies uh, that were bad well i respect you for that man unfortunately i take the reins of watching excuse my language shitty movies because i just i'm like all right i gotta do it and i gotta figure out you know because it's also for me it's it's almost refreshing to write a film review about like my authentic feelings against a movie as it is for Mm -hmm. a movie and i don't mean that like oh i look for ways that i can be harsh on a movie but it's kind of nice to express those emotions authentically and not hold back by saying and i'm not being rude but i'm just saying hey this movie's not great and I can finally tell you, you know, so let's, let's, let's move forward to a, a, a higher, you know, motive, which is my, my predictions for some of the, the best films that will come out in 2022. And yeah, I definitely want to hear yours as well. If, if you have some movies that you're looking forward to. 
Um, so number one, and I'll tell you why I think it's going to be great. So, and I, these are in no particular order. I, I don't know how great they're going to be, but I'm excited for them. So the Batman uh, with Matt Reeves as the director and of course, Robert Pattinson, they are, they are going in such a different direction and I couldn't be more excited. It's going to be more dark. It's going to be more horror-like. It's going to be more authentic and more gritty. And that is Batman. But Robert Pattinson, in my opinion, is just, he's becoming so well-rounded as an actor and I'm so excited. So that's one of them. Um, Thor Love and Thunder. Um, yep. The main reason I am very excited for Thor is because Taika Waititi is yep. top five directors today in 2021, or I guess moving into 2022. And... Christian Bale is the main antagonist. So I'm very excited to see Christian <laughs> Bale not in a Marvel that. film. So those two, um, in regards to like, I guess the superhero films I'm really excited about. Uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, so this is another Leonardo DiCaprio movie with Martin Scorsese as the director. And so, you know, it's going to be authentic. You know, it's going to be real. You know, it's going to be gritty. It's going to have a good story. Um, I'm excited for that. Um, Avatar 2 with James Cameron as the as the director. Now, Along the main the reason sequel. I say, I was about to say, the, the reason I say this is because they originally set the record for, you know, they beat Titanic. Oh, yeah. I believe Titanic was the film that they beat for um, mm -hmm. highest grossing film of all time. And they yep. were there forever, forever until uh, Avengers, what, Infinity War or Endgame, one of the two? I think they both, so, I think Endgame beat it. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so, I mean, they have, I think, five, like five movies slated for Avatar, and this is just the beginning. Four or five. They have, they have a lot, and so I'm excited to see what they do with it. I mean, they're bringing the same cast back um, mm -hmm. years later, and so I'm excited. Um, Pinocchio. This is going to be an interesting one, um, mm. and they have good names. So it's a. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Uh, Guillermo del Toro. I think that's yeah. Guillermo del Toro. Correct. So he did Nightmare Alley with Bradley Cooper, which I really want to see. And he's he's a very witty filmmaker. Like he does very dark stuff in a very witty way. Mm -hmm. And and he has big names. I mean, I love, you know, when I see like Kate Blanchett as being one of the main voices in the film, you know that he's gonna bring kind of a darker side to this. And so I'm intrigued, you know, as a as a childhood favorite, I want to see what they do with this this version of Pinocchio. Um, and then another one. And maybe this is out of my own personal investment, but uh, it's called Asteroid City. It's it's a Wes Anderson film that will be coming out next year. And I just okay. love Wes Anderson. He brings in the biggest cast and he has the most unique artistic framing with his camera work. And so I'm excited. But I would say the Batman's at the top of my list. That's the number one that I'm excited for. So what about you, man? Um, I got to echo Batman and, and Love and Thunder. Um, I'm actually just honestly excited for Marvel in general this year. You've got Multiverse of Madness, which marries Doctor Strange with the Scarlet Witch. You know, there's uh, Moon Knight is coming out, which is featuring Oscar Isaac. Um, That's right. And fun fact about Moon Knight is he's got like multiple personality disorders. So he kind of, he's got like a, a dark side that he can't control. And so he sort of has this like, this, a bit, this mental like, um, disability that he's dealing with so that's again another really relatable topic that's coming out um, for a lot of people but um, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse the sequel to that is Spider-Verse yes, that's one I'm excited for I totally that's probably that my one. number one that's probably my number one and this is a part one too so this is oh, part geez. one of, of two um, that trailer has come out uh, so well, one one point on that because I, I, the director came out like six months ago and he's like, he's like, people have been talking about our first movie and they were so impressed by the digital work and the animation. And he's like, if, if that was literally impressive to you, you have no idea what's about to happen. And I was like, oh my God, dude, come on. Like, you can't hype me up like that. Yeah, um, another one that has had nothing come out about it yet, but it is, I think confirmed this year is Mission Impossible 7 um yeah i'm not the biggest tom cruise fan but mission impossibles are very entertaining so i th they're very similar to james bond to me they're like they they have like these decent storylines with a good action and you know he does his own stunts so it's very impressive and i yeah, mean it's a long I, it's a oh go ahead 
Go ahead. I was just gonna say it's a series that's been running forever. So, well, I think the thing that impresses me, I don't know. I think Mission Impossible for me is just the fact that everything is done in real life and put into the movie just has my utmost respect. And it's one of those movies. Sometimes I see a movie or something where I'm like, you know, it'd be more entertaining to watch how that was made than how than the actual product. Yes. And I think Mission Impossible, maybe not more entertaining, but it would be up there with the entertainment level to watch uh, how they've done it. Because he's released videos on on some of the stunts they've done and, and sort of the backstory on it. And I love watching that stuff. I think it's really fascinating. So um, I love Mission Impossible, uh, the, the series. Obviously, some of the earlier ones are kind of crap. But these last two, I think, were some of the best action movies ever made. Um, yeah. And then uh, there's a couple movies or there's a couple like Top Gun, I'll go see Maverick. You know, that's another kind of a throwback. Um, the, there's some Pixar movies like like Lightyear. Looks really interesting. I don't know oh, if yeah. The trailer for yeah, that. Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. So Chris Evans is voicing Buzz Lightyear. So, um, you know, there's some stuff I will stuff say that one. I'll... Go ahead. One that's intriguing is uh, Knives Out 2 with Daniel yep, Craig. Yep, that's another one. Yep. So that one will be very interesting. The first one was very enjoyable in my opinion. Yeah, it. Um, I think there's a lot of sequels coming out this year um, to something. So I think this will be a good year for sequels. Um, I think this past year, there was a lot of originals that came out. Um, and then as far as like TV goes, I think there's a lot of TV uh, shows and stuff. Like you mentioned, Stranger Things sequel, uh, Stranger Things season four, is it? Yep, season four, yep. Yep, Stranger Things season four. I believe another season of Cobra Kai will be coming out this year at some point. Um, there's, I'm blanking right now. Like you mentioned Ozark, Peaky Blinders. Um, there's a lot of shows that are getting sequels. Um, um, Lord of the Rings apparently is supposed to come out. Jonathan Groff, do you, so Jonathan Groff from Mindhunter is urging uh David Fincher to bring back Mindhunter to, oh, so to continue going. Do. That was such a good show. I know. I know. Yeah, I mean, I think I think this last year was incredible for overall, but I think this I don't know if this next year would be better, but I think it it'll be great in a different way potentially. I think continuing a lot of the stories that we've loved, um, you know, I think carrying on some of these stories and things like that going forward will be awesome but i don't know i think this year set a really high bar for i think the top is really great from 2021 i think i think there's definitely a level of separation like i mentioned spider-man dune um some of the tv shows that came out uh some of the some of the other movies i think there's definitely a bar that's been set and i don't know if 2022 will surpass it but I think there will definitely be some great content coming out this year. Yeah. And I, I almost think it's going to be a bridge to 2023 because in 23, yeah. you have Oppenheimer from Christopher Nolan, you have Dune part two, you know, yeah. like those, those are just major staple points. Um, you know, there's still the, what's it called? Quentin Tarantino rumor that he's coming back for one last film. So mm -hmm. I'm excited to see what they do this year. I think, like you said, the highs will, will I think, potentially match the highs. But will there be enough of them this year that, you know, that will match 2021? I don't know. But I think we'll see a lot of good content, a lot of quality quality content. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to... I, I think Spider-Man No Way Home was a perfect film because I think it hit on those three things I talked about perfectly. Plus it had a lot of other things like nostalgia and, you know, just there's, I think the only other movie recently that's sort of had some of the excitement was Endgame, you know, just with the, there's certain, there's certain scenes in those movies where the audience literally can't help themselves, but to react, you know, and I think, I think that's something that's very rare. And when a movie like that comes out, and people can just go and like kind of lose themselves completely in it with their excitement and nostalgia, like the anticipation, everything, the emotion all comes together. Like that movie, I laughed, I cried, you know, I, you know, I had the full range of emotion. And so 
I think a film like that is very rare to come out. And I loved Dune, but Dune wasn't that. You know, Dune was was a a cinematic experience that was masterful, but it wasn't it wasn't Spider Man. Um and it wasn't trying to be, right? It's not a knock on it, but I think I think we have to enjoy movies like that and moments like that when they come along because they're very rare. Um so I think for me, Spider-Man just set the bar so high this year. My my favorite film of the year. I don't know if there will be anything for a couple more years that comes close to it. Yeah, but. honestly, man, like I, I agree. And it's funny because it's a superhero film, right? It's it's almost the same way we felt when The Dark Knight came out. We're like, man, this movie yeah. really should win awards. I don't know if it will, but like it deserves to win, win awards. But you almost hate saying that because it's a superhero movie. And it's the same way with Spider-Man No Way Home. Like their their entire production team is urging the Academy, hey, we deserve plenty of Oscar nominations, which oh, in my opinion, they do. They do. I agree. You know? And I had minor like CGI, you know, criticisms, but apart from that, like there's, <laughs> I mean, what do you expect? It's a freaking superhero film. Like, of course they're going to have an abundance of CGI, but ultimately, man, best film of the year. I think you'll enjoy it regardless if you've seen the old ones, if you haven't seen the old ones, if you like Spider-Man, if you don't like the build like that, you'll be able to feel in touch with. Um, honestly, if I have one invitation for people watching film in 2022, at least what's helped me enjoy it way more is going and looking at different aspects. Don't go just to, you know, get a drink and a popcorn and just kind of take it in. Like, go with one aspect that you're intrigued by. Like, oh, if you love music, focus on the sound of the film. Oh, if you love like celebrities, focus on how these actors are being different than how they are in different films or in real life. You know, if you like, can't, if you're a photography person, like go see how they're doing angles, like what type of camera work they're doing. It just adds so much value when you're looking at any different aspects. And I think that's what you do. And it doesn't have to be super complex or scientific you could literally say oh that scene was yellow before and now it's blue so they're changing the emotion of the of the vibe of the film that's interesting mm -hmm. okay and you start to take that in and you enjoy it more so my my invitation would be as you you know watch film throughout the years just look for something different as you're going to the movies yeah and i think uh i think that's a great recommendation and, and tip for people and i think um I'm just now coming to my mind stuff that I miss, like Squid Games, uh, you know, you know, another great show. Um, but I think, I think overall, my advice would just be to to open yourself up to trying something new. You know, check out a movie or a show that you you know haven't seen before, or you know, maybe if someone's recommended you something, you know, pick something that you think uh, you'll identify with in a way, but, but try something new. I think, I think we're seeing a lot more diversity and a lot more originality with, with movies and TV shows and films. Um, and I think there's so much great stuff out there. And if you just limit yourself to what you've seen before, then, you know, you're, you're closing doors to experiences that you could otherwise have. And I think, you know, there's a lot more expression and, and representation um, in movies and TV shows that wasn't happening before. And I, I hope that people are appreciating that because I think movies and TV are as good as they've ever been, you know, and getting better. Um, and I think 2021 was a, was a good indicator of that. And I think 2022, from what I have seen and will expect that year, I think it's going to keep pushing that bar further and further. Um, so I would just say, you know, try something new and open yourself up to something new. And, and I think you won't be disappointed. Um, even if the even if the movie isn't your favorite or or something like that, I think if you sort of take Spencer's advice and look for something to appreciate in there, I think you'll be you'll be happy that you did. But I think yeah, that's a, um, that's a great outlook, man. I'm excited. Yeah, I, I I think sort of combine both our tips maybe and and you know try something new and look for some way to enjoy it, and I think I think that's that will help keep opening you up to new experiences and new ideas. So. Um, well, I don't, as a as a as a result to your advice, I I took your advice two years ago, and I decided to go watch a Korean film, and I don't like reading subtitles, 
but this Korean film ended up being Parasite, which ended up being one of the best movies I've ever seen all time. Mm-hmm. So try something new. Literally, if you even if you don't like doing it before, try it now and see how you can appreciate it and see what it will do for you. So that's great advice. Yeah, and I and I think that's all I have for this episode. You know, I I think I think we covered just about everything I'd like to cover. And, you know, I'm sure I forgot a couple things. I mentioned it just now, but uh, I forgot to talk about Squid Games, but another great TV show. Um, but I think I think next time we'll do Spider-Man just by itself with spoilers. So we can, I think that film deserves its own episode. Uh, I it agree. deserves a good in-depth talk about it. So we'll be back with that next time. Uh, but I'm, I'm excited to do that because there's a lot of, I have a lot of thoughts on Spider-Man and we just sort of scratched the surface on that. But again, we didn't want to spoil it because it's still relatively new. So make sure you watch it before our next episode so that we can talk about it and you can not have to skip out because you don't want to hear spoilers. So I agree. I agree. I'm excited for 2022, man. I'm excited for the podcast that we'll be doing. I'm yep. extremely excited to talk about Spider-Man. It's been, it's been such a, conversation topic that I want to expand on with people but I don't want to spoil or ruin anything so we will do that in our next podcast so stay tuned stay posted um and honestly thanks for listening if you listen this much on this this episode then you know we appreciate you so stay you know look out for us um, for our next podcast in 2022 let's do it man yep sounds good thank you so much guys for listening and have a great and safe new year's um we're recording this as of new year's eve so it'll come out uh, if, it, if you hear it after New Year's, we hope you had a happy and safe New Year's. If you're listening to it before, be safe and have a happy New Year's and we will see you guys next year.